Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeals are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Once upon a time, he was making his list and checking it twice. Not talking about the holidays. Talking about players who did him wrong on the gridiron. <laughs> You'll never forget about the list, will you? The list. The list. No, it, not at all. <laughs> and my list was actually wrong, not to cut you off. I know you're trying to introduce me, but I remember I actually had the wrong guy. And I think, you know, DA should have had that same mentality. It don't even matter who's on the list. If it's right or wrong, just dominate whoever's in front of you and just be physical. It don't even matter. Somebody, but somebody's going to get it, right? That's the type of mentality. I don't care who it is. And then you'll, y'all, if it's not Pat Bev, you need to go talk to Pat Bev. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. so that's, that's my mentality. Should DA have just gotten up and started swinging when Pat Bev chucked him from behind? Uh, I mean, that's not in who he is. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not the smartest thing to do within the game because then you, you're suspended, right? And so now right. you're, you're spending time. So, I, you know, I always try to find things I can do. And obviously basketball is a little bit different. But, you know, clean legal ways where I can just dominate and let you feel me a little bit yes. as far as, hey, hey, what you did was uncalled for, unnecessary, and you do it again, uh, this is what you got in store for you. You know, one of the best things about playing in 1985 to 95, though, was the fact that you'd get a guy who would come off the field. He'd come off the field coming towards your sideline, a teammate, of course, and all he'd say is 41. Yeah. 41. That's all he'd say. I don't, I don't know if this happened. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Everyone knew what 41 meant. Okay, man, if you get a shot at 41, go ahead and take him out. Finish and that block. That's right. Finish him. Yeah. Yeah. There, was a, gotcha. there, was, there was going to be retribution, and players policed players in the game that I knew back in 1985 to 95. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Zoe, but No, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think the game and the rules have shifted so drastically. You know, the things that we could get away with and kind of enforce our own, I mean, now may cost you, yeah. you know, several games, money, and then you may get canceled while you're doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to be a little bit more uh, sneaky about how you get paid back in these days, right? A little bit more calculated versus just going out there and just jacking a dude up that's not even paying attention. All right, so what we've seen here over the last five games since Pat Bev has been something to behold with DeAndre Ayton. Yes. Do the Cardinals want to see the same with Isaiah Simmons? Because last we saw of Isaiah Simmons, the Chargers were going right at him in coverage for the final touchdown, the game-winning two-point conversion. That's sort of a bookend to his season because we know what happened in week one where he had the green dot, he was calling the defense, he lost his job, he was benched for a period of time. And last night on Hard Knocks, though, take a listen to this. They showed a pretty poignant and honest moment where Isaiah Simmons is trying to understand with Marcus Robinson back in September as to why he had been benched. What am I not getting? Can you help me with that? No, what they want to see is you continue to execute. They want to see you work hard, they want to see you strain, they want to see you know what to do. That's what they want to see. Where is Isaiah Simmons at, in your opinion, and how close is he to where he needs to be? 
Uh, that definitely brings a lot of light. I, you know, I didn't watch Hard Knocks last night, but that, that makes sense, right? When guys that are uber-talented um, and who have had a lot of success sometimes float, just, and, and it's not intentional, but it's, it's what they've become accustomed to. And a lot of that is just bad coaching that they've had that have allowed them to do that, and they create these bad habits. And they're trying to figure out, well, what do I need to do differently? I am, I think I'm going hard, but you're really not. And so having that shift, right, the attention to detail in practice, practicing hard, flying around, running to the ball, uh, straining to make plays and not just saying I would have made that in the game, right, especially as a young player, and I haven't seen that. Um, sometimes you got to pull back, and so I, you know, I, you know, I credit you know Vance for not playing because he is talented. I don't, I, I want my best player, one of my best players, out there more than twenty percent of the snaps or thirty percent of the snaps that we saw in those games following that, yeah. that Chiefs game. But I think it's a necessary thing that you have to do because since then he's actually gotten a lot better. Um, you know, I think he's running to the ball better. I think he's playing better, more consistent. Um, even in his last game, as I watched him and Zayvon, really, I think both of those guys probably played their best football overall and I think the defense really tackled well just in general after bouncing back from uh, the, the game previously where they were just letting guys kind of just run up wherever they wanted to and not trying hard um, but there's still little things that he has to continue to learn you know his eyes the eye discipline it's something you always have to pay attention to and really why he got beat yep. um, on a couple of plays just just eye discipline you know peeking at the quarterback it's man to man you can't be peeking and you know even though you have outside leverage because you naturally drift when your eyes aren't on your work. Um, um, Are you talking happened. about the two-point? That's what happened on the two-point. Yeah, at, right. at first I thought it might have been miscommunication between him and Zavin as far as who was going to take Eckler out. But when I rewatch it, Zavin knows exactly who he got. Boom. Yep. And as the play develops, uh, Everett stems um, uh, Isaiah outside. And as he's doing that, Isaiah takes a quick little peek yep. and doesn't see his feet getting ready to cut back in. And that little split hair second caused him to be even further separation and further outside to make it a bang-bang play. But it was you know a well-designed play. Yeah, no, you know what's amazing about it, Zoe, is just the fact that I thought Isaiah Simmons was the microcosm of the entire team. You know, just the mm, fact they played yeah. well for so long. You yeah. think of Isaiah Simmons with eight tackles, a huge yeah. sack, a pass defense, yeah. right? I mean, he he was having a very, very good game right until the, the very end. end. Yeah. Could not finish. And that's the difference between good and bad yeah. teams, right? Yep. That that not beating yourself. And he wasn't the only one. It was another play. If I had to guess, um, it was the screenplay that ended up scoring the, the maybe it was the tying touchdown where they were like in some type of zone type of blitz. And the backs and the, the guy that ended up catching the ball was number two. And that defensive end, I want to say it might have been Maj Sanders, who I thought also was productive at times in the game, may have had a mental. Somebody had a mental bust on that play. Yep. And it ended up being a touchdown. So I don't know if it was him or the safety that was supposed to have that backside number two in the, in the blitz that they had, but that allowed for a touchdown or down to the one-yard line maybe. So, like, little things like that that you cannot do, rushing up the field every single time and allowing a guy like Herbert to get out, extend a big play, um, not having a, a, an idea of, 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 of your eyes. That happened a couple of times. And then there was a one, one other play where, uh, and this was a touchdown, where it was a big play down the sideline. I think they motioned. Isaiah was supposed to have him. But even on the other side, there was another guy wide open on the outside streaking down. And so those little things, when you're not – when you're not a a great football team, 
uh, because you can't overcome that type of adversity. You really have to make sure that you don't have mental errors or mental mistakes or or, or fundamental mistakes that's going to beat yourself um, within a football game. But, so I don't have to tell you, those little things become big things, huge things, game-changing things when NFL games typically are decided, decided by three, four, five plays. Right. We just named three, four, five plays. Yeah, right. Isaiah Simmons himself maybe had a busted coverage or his eyes were in the yeah. wrong place. Let me ask you what I do best around here, the dumb guy question. Should they take Isaiah Simmons and Micah Parsons him? Turn him into more of a pass rusher. Ah, that's not his skill set. I think he because he comes from the DB world, right? Because in college he was say it's hard to go from, you know, DB all the way up to the to to that front line. I mean, it's a little bit more physical, a little bit more grind. I think Micah Parsons is built differently and, and made for that role um, versus Isaiah Simmons. Um, obviously, it, it simplifies things, but I think he is so uberly athletic. I mean, he's out there covering wide receivers at times. I'm Michael Parsons can't do that. I think he, his role and where they have him is, is good for him. Um, he just has to have time on task, right? The same thing we think about Devin Booker and why we um, um, uh, a lot of who he has become is because of the work he's put in, the time he's had to develop, and the consistency in it. I think John Bloomer kind of you know talked about that this morning as far as why he's so special and why he continues to get better. This is only Isaiah's second year. and So there's guys that are 10 years in the league that have problems with eye discipline or have bust. But you have to minimize those times that they occur. And I think him and, you know, other young guys on this team, you learn from your mistakes. And and as hard as it is to watch sometimes, you have to go through that process in order to become the player that you're going to be. But you have to be coachable. You have to be humble and receive that coaching in the process and not be, you know, caught up in, in, in who you were and what you've done and what you may even have done in that game, right? So those, that big sack, them eight tackles, you can't allow that to lead in the meetings, you have to think about, okay, where could I have improved? Where did I mess up? Where can I grow instead of focusing on, you know, focusing on that instead of the positive um, as, a, as a guy that wants to continue to get better? Well, our next topic is going to be hard for Lorenzo Alexander because we're going to tell him what's wrong with his Buffalo Bills. They're on Thursday night football. Come on. All right, the lowdown continues. Wolf and Luke starring Paul Calvisi on Arizona starring? Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Hey, uh, what is the state of Buffalo these days with all the snow? And those ridiculous viral pictures and video of how much snow was actually inside the stadium. Paul, we just walked through that stuff. Okay. We just walked okay. through it. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's an Orchard Park native, uh, Lorenzo Alexander, former member of the Buffalo Bills. How many years in Buffalo, Zell? Four. Four. Okay. And as a Bay Area guy, how did you cope with all the snow? Hey, man, I'm just I'm cut from a different cloth, so don't compare me and you, all right? No, I'm just built different. So now, I was good up there. Right, so specifically, what township did you oh, live in? Oh, no. So, just see, down his nose right now. <laughs> yeah, the Bromptons right there across oh, the street from the yeah. 
from the Did you hear park. that, Paul? I did not. He was in the park, as a matter Missouri. of fact, as we okay. like to say. Uh, okay, there you go. All right, uh, all of us, uh, I'm Paulie Proletariat <laughs> combined. I'm just a ham and egger combined yep. to you guys. You know, live, I thought, Wolf, I thought you lived at the end of a dead-end street. Instead, you I lived did. in a, a very tony community. Well, here's was the thing. Was it a gated community? No, here's the thing about Orchard Park. Everyone needs to understand it. It was built on a hill, and, and right. the higher up the hill you go, the more money yep. you had. We lived below sea level. No, here's what Next. everyone... Here's what everyone in Buffalo needs to understand about the Bills. They stink in close games. What? You, you realize their three losses this year are by a combined eight points. Okay. And that if I saw the stat correctly over the last two years, the Bills' record in one-score games is 4-9. and nine. Your Bills have a problem, Lorenzo Alexander. They can't win the close games. Hence, I do not have faith in them getting out of the AFC. Win a close game last week? Yeah, Paul. Well, I don't I mean, even know what tell the game. Me, I mean, oh, the, uh, the Thanksgiving game. That shouldn't even been a close game in Detroit. Are you <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It took a missed field goal. It took the Detroit Lions being oh, okay. the Detroit Lions right. for the Buffalo Bills to even come away with a victory. So if the Arizona Cardinals find ways to win those games, it's all good, though. Yeah, right. right you be Paulie. cheering that on, right? Come on. Don't talk out of both sides of your neck. I know you, Paulie, better than most now. I'm talking about a Bills team that everyone's touting for the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I, how yeah. can you be a true Super Bowl contender when they can't win the close They ones? get everybody's best. And, it, and they can win the close ones. Some, you got to watch the whole game. You sound like somebody that's talking about the Suns or the Cardinals who haven't watched the game right now, right? <laughs> and so those games weren't like these teams just came in and did their thing. A lot of it was self-inflicted wounds, not care, taking care of the football. And that's really the only time that the Buffalo Bills have really struggled this year if you watch the games, Paulie, which well, I, pro- I would uh, guess hey, you're not. I watched the Bills lose to the Jets. I watched the Bills lose to the why? Dolphins. Why, did that happen? The, why, so the why did it happen? Why did it happen? Why did it happen? They're 0-2 in the division. Why did it happen? Why did it happen? Where, where did the turnovers occur at, Paulie? What happened on those plays? Exactly. Know, so they're not they're not worried about hey, that. Listen. They're fine. Josh Allen's gonna be the dude we all know he is when the time comes. Just 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 hold your horses a little bit. Yeah, well right now you got Paul. He's reading the media guide as he's talking to you yep. right now. No, I just want to just... see if Zoe will come to the defense of his bills and he did. Of course. Okay. okay. But okay. talk to me about what is your concern, if in fact there is one for oh. the Buffalo Bills. It's only a four hour show, but go ahead. Yeah, it's really no big concern. Are you talking to me or are you talking to I'm to talking Paul? to no. I mean, he's going to make up a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. For, <laughs> he doesn't me, want my opinion on the Bills. <laughs> yeah, right. um, I, mean, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing, like with anybody, is just getting healthy. So far, because they are good, they are absor- able to absorb a lot of things because of what Josh Allen and that offense is able to do. Uh, defensively, just getting healthy. You know, losing Von Miller, Tremaine Edmonds has been in, in and out. Obviously, Micah Hyde is out for the season. Poirier's been beat up. And so my thing is, is not being full strength when you're starting to play these elite teams that are have these elite players everywhere. You know, you think about the Kansas City Chiefs and being able to match up with them. Um, and, and that is what's going to, I think, deter their ability to win a championship more than anything, just not being at full strength. I mean, Davis White, the best corner on the team, hasn't been able to take a snap this year. And so those things is what worries me, because you need your best to play the best, especially at the end of the season. And yeah, one of the, the things they're really, really good at, of course, is taking the ball away from the opponent. In particular, I would say via interception, number two in interception rate in the National Football League right now. Why why is that so let me give me your take in regard to takeaways. Is it more luck than anything else? Takeaways no. on the defensive side? 
it's a it's a mindset. I mean, obviously, you have some guys that just throw you the ball all the time, but you still got to take advantage of it. And I think it's you know being there, the cultural the cultural side of it is part of it. Uh, coaches emphasize it. They have periods and days where you focus, where it's a, it's a turnover circuit, right? And so when you when you practice something, when you believe something, when you speak stuff into existence, right? Those things tend to happen. And I've been on teams that didn't emphasize it, and we normally were at the bottom of the league, and the teams that did, we tend to see it happen more frequently because we expected it to happen and were prepared when it when it did occur and we had our opportunities and so yep. I think that's the that's the biggest thing um, it's just it's a, it's a mindset um, and, and like with anything in life when you expect things to, to happen and you put the work in to take advantage of it when it does happen you tend to find yourself in the place you want to be and that's taking the ball over creating those turnovers and they have the athletes and the guys that are able to do it especially when you think about that front line when you have Vaughn Greg Russo uh, Ed Oliver, uh, Jordan Phillips, who I know that name is kind of taboo around here, but it's played really well, <laughs> played really well there as well. You know, so you have a lot of guys, and then Matt Milano, who's who's taking his game. He's probably an All Pro uh, uh, linebacker this year, and he's f- putting his hands on balls and has actually dropped a couple. Um, so they just have a mindset. I think they're primed for it, um, and with that pressure and the guys they have on the back end, it's just been a, a, a perfect picture for them to be able to do it. And teams feel like they got to force the ball sometimes too when you got Josh Allen on the other side that's putting pressure on you because he's going to put up a significant amount of points for the most part. Next time Jordan Phillips comes to the AZ, he'll be behind bars for grand theft contract. That's all I'm saying around here. It's the lowdown with Lorenzo Alexander. Okay, so the Bills are playing the Patriots tonight. That's the Cardinals' next opponent, the Patriots, Mm -hmm. a team you know well. What should concern the Cardinals going into their next game Monday night, Week 14? Um... I mean, they're they're not a very uh, explosive team offensively, but any time that you're playing against Bill Belichick, you know he's going to have a plan for you, um, especially when you're playing. And Kyler's not young anymore, but I think um, based on what they've put on tape this year offensively, he's going to have a great game plan to confuse and maybe make Kyler make some bad decisions. And so just having a good sound understanding of, of, of how they're attacking you and then being able to make adjustments on the sideline to to counteract those 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 things or details that Bill Belichick has put in place because they're going to be a well football coach. They're not going to beat themselves. No, nope. t- they typically make you beat yourself, right? And that's something that we just talked about in the last segment that the Cardinals had an issue with against the Chargers last week is beating themselves with mental errors and, and bad eyes. And so I think the combination of those two things is really what you have to see. It's not going to be nothing that that's spectacular. It's just going to be good, sound, fundamental football and how they're attacking you and can you adjust and not beat yourself. If you are coaching Josh Allen right now, what are you telling him in regard to how he runs the football? And yeah, I down? mean, it's and it's always that double-edged sword with, with right? anything, but he has to understand that, hey, I want you to take off, I want you to run, but that one-yard gain after you've already got the first down, I don't need you to take a, like he took a, a big-time oh. chop to the thighs on the side. I'm like, man, you don't need, we don't need those two extra, those mean nothing. We've gotten the first down, just slide or run straight out of bounds. So him being smarter when he's finishing his runs I think is, is significant, just like when he doesn't need to make the, 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 the superhuman throw all yeah. the time. He needs to know, hey, let me just slide. I got the first down. Let me slide. Let me but you know what? Me... You love it deep down inside to see it. Though. Yes. I do. But it, I it's, do it's, it's situational. You know I what know. I mean? If, if it's, if it's fourth, fourth quarter, we're down by three, stud. and you're meeting somebody at the first down marker, be my guest. Run through them. 
do do you. Yeah. And actually, you because you've slid all game, because you've run out of bounds all game, you actually become more effective because they're expecting you right. to slide. Yeah. Right? So now I'm running through you, and then maybe you may get some a couple of extra more yards or maybe have that special play because of what you set them up for to be a little bit complacent uh, from sliding throughout the entire game. Well, look, I've been running my own list here about what you've been saying about your bills. they got football IQ is deficient, uh, self-inflicted too often on, on your bills. You know, obviously they have to get healthy, so I don't know. I don't know. Whoa. The level of concern, I think you guys, uh, about your bills around here, you're not quite being honest with yourselves. AFC Championship game, Paul. That's what it's going to come down to. That's what I think. That's not a prediction, though. And they'll have so much snow, it'll have to be moved to Detroit. So, all right. Thank you, Zoe. Appreciate it. (laughs) Zoe. We'll see you tomorrow, actually. I got to study up. I got to study up, by the way. I got face there by Zoe. I got to recover. I got to recover for tomorrow. I'll be ready to go. Believe me. It's the lowdown with Lorenzo Alexander there. Uh, You can text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's 620-620 right now. Devin Booker. Should he be in the MVP conversation? Is this a rhetorical question? Who wrote this? It's Wolf and Luke, Calvisi sitting down in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Ballers, HBO. Uh, Yeah, there's a baller in this town. Really? His name is D-Book. Yes, indeed. Of course, he's a baller just when he pulls up to the arena. And he's driving his 87 Buick Grand National. You love that, don't you, He's a car guy. You are a car guy. He's a car guy. You're driving around your Mustang, Polly, driving up to Payson, I believe, on the weekends. Mondo respect for Devin Booker and the, uh, you know, I live vicariously through other guys' car collections. And D-Book is one of those guys. And he was the guy last night, was he not? The only players in NBA history, Ron Wolfley, to score 50-plus on 80% shooting or better. Do you want the list? Yes. Thanks for asking. Will Chamberlain. Okay, let's see. Will. So that makes a lot of sense, right? So Will Chamberlain. Michael Jordan. Oh, Michael. 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 Kyrie Irving. Ky- oh, Ky- <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Um, okay, next. Is this word association? Am I throwing stuff out and you're giving us a reaction name yes. by name? Is that how this is working? Yes, Paul. Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Okay, nice. Jamal Murray. He, yes. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, yes, Paul. Giannis. The mailman, Carl Malone. Okay. Oh, my goodness. How good was Carl Malone? Yeah. I don't know how this name got in here. It used to blow your face off, too, if you uh, were down low. Dana Barrows. Dana Barrows. Next, Adrian Dantley. Yes. Oh, oh, oh yeah. AD. Okay. Was it with the Buffalo Braves? Oh, no. Paulie, was it with the no. Buffalo Braves? No. AD. Adrian. No. Okay. Zoe was last segment. We're done with the Buffalo Connections. Okay. Bernard King. <laughs> there was a score, El Grande, Bernard yes. King back in the day. Wasn't AD, but. And then the final player in NBA history to score 50 plus and 80% shooting or better, Devin Armani. Booker. Boy, how about that? Devin Booker right there. Did you happen to see it last night based on Onions where Booker just went off 51 points in the first three quarters. Sat down the entire fourth quarter where the Suns walked away with a win, 132 to 113 over the Chicago Bulls. He did not play the fourth quarter. Scored 51 points. And Monty sat him down. And then Monty, after the game, said this. It was certainly a, you hate to say, classic book because that that would mean you almost take it for granted. But the way he scored tonight, 
and against different defenses. You know, they were blitzing tonight, and he started the game just getting off of it, and we were knocking down shots, and then after that, it was just a snowball. Um, and <laughs> to be honest with you, I didn't even know. He had 51. The coaches told me when we got in the back. I knew he scored a ton, but I didn't know it was 50. So it, it certainly was a special night. And to do it in 30 minutes, I think it was. Yeah, he pl- only played 30 minutes. So it, it's just one of those moments that you just sit and watch a guy get hot and then you see everybody feeding off of it. And it felt like every time you let it go, it was just going to fall into the basket. And then, you know, you don't even <laughs> notice D.A. had 30 when a guy has 51. So I, I'm, I'm happy for him, happy for the his family, the work that he puts in, you know, playing the right way, getting off of it and ended up with 50 points is pretty cool. So it certainly was a good night for us. Is that the ultimate compliment when your head coach says, I didn't even know you had 50-plus in the game? When it comes in the course of the game, when you're not forcing shot after shot, when it's not 50 points on 50-shot attempts, like, oh, I don't know, a James Harden or an Allen Iverson back in the day. He's not out there just gunning with impunity. No, it came in the course of the game to the point where some of his teammates after the game were saying, you know what, I'm not sure he even worked up a sweat, which is hard to believe. Yeah. Everything that was done was within the course of the game. And look at how efficient the Suns were. As as Kevin Durant tweeted out after the game, 20-25 is effing ridiculous, Devin Booker, because that's what he shot from the field. 20-25, 6-7 from three-point range. What's so amazing about it, too, was just the fact that I think he had 9 in the first quarter, he had 16 in the second quarter, and then 15, of course, in the third quarter right there. For me, Pauly, I, I was... I was pretty blown away because, um, actually, no, those numbers are not correct. It was, Polly. He had 25 in the first half. Tw- yes. He had 26 in the third quarter. Correct. 26, Paulie, in the third quarter when he went off in that third quarter. It was like, you've got to be kidding me. I've never seen, I've never seen Devin Booker play as effectively as he played last night. And he did it once again on both ends yeah. of the floor because that's who he is. And, and you know what made it even better in a way? Or maybe it just accentuated how lethal Devin Booker was, how on top of his game, and what sort of clinic he was putting on. Because the Bulls, as a team last night, shot 4 of 16 from three-point range. Yes. In the first half, the Bulls were 1 of 14 <laughs> from three-point range as Devin Booker just lit them up. So here's the thing, Paulie, of course. A lot of people want to know, Devin Booker, we've seen this before from Devin Booker. This in a win, though, scoring 50 points or more in a win for Devin Booker. But a lot of people want to know, is this going to get him in the MVP conversation? Conversation. Uh-huh. Is he going to be a guy that is going to be an MVP candidate, one of the finalists at the end of this season? Your thoughts on that, Paul? Do you remember the first time that two-time won his MVP awards? Steve Nash. He clinched that award in mid-January of that season when the Suns went from like 20-something wins to 60-plus wins that first year of seven seconds or less. And he clinched, in my opinion, the MVP award that January when you saw the state of the Suns minus Steve Nash. When you realized the value, the true utter value of Steve Nash to the Suns and what sort of team they were with and without Steve Nash, boom, he became the MVP right there. So right now, in the absence of Chris Paul, to still have your team 
atop the Western Conference standings. Yes. And then to have your 50th and 51st point come on defense, a steal where you got into the passing lane and you're going full sprint all the way down the floor and you flush it. Yes, indeed. And and look, Wolf, I've said multiple times the last couple of days, the Suns are so good that they've rendered the regular season meaningless in so many ways that the season doesn't even really start to the postseason. With the exception of this MVP award, because that's where the regular season will matter. If the Suns stay atop the Western Conference standings, that only helps and bolsters his MVP candidacy. No, I totally agree with that, Polly. Right now, um, he's number 7th in points per game, of course, scoring 29 points per game. Uh, To your point right there, of course, the Phoenix Suns, the best team in the Western Conference. Here's the problem. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, of course, playing for the Boston Celtics. The Celtics have the best record in the NBA, and he's number two, scoring 31.6 points a game. He's mm. behind Luka Doncic, but <laughs> I think you all, you look at Luka Doncic and, okay, we all know what a great player Luka Doncic is, yet at the same time, uh, your record as a team definitely comes into play. It does when you start talking about MVPs. And because of that, I'm I'm looking at Jason Tatum, and I think Jason Tatum right now would have to be the front runner. That's a good point. Luka Doncic already has three 40-point triple-doubles. There's a lot of season left to go, though. We're not talking about Luka Doncic around here. No. Uh, and by the way, the MVP chance did rain down in the arena last night from the home fans. Most points ever scored by a Phoenix Sun in that building going back to 1992 as a reminder, Ron Wolfley. You hope they're going to rain down in your building. Yeah, the Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest featuring three incredible nights of shows including the Imagine Dragons, Dave Matthews Band, and Paramore are going to be heading to the Footprint Center from February 9th through the 11th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, 10 a.m., but you can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for all the details, your chance to win tickets. Alright, the accountability was on full display. If you saw Hard Knocks last night. We'll get into it. We'll listen to some of it next. Calvisian for Luke, Wolf, and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, did you actually get HBO? Have you, have you actually added HBO to the lineup at the Wolfley Compound? As a matter of fact, I have, Polly. HBO Max. Right. Whose login have you pirated? Um, it's my login. No, Polly, it isn't. No. Yes, it is. Are you kidding me? Which Stop brother? It. Which brother did you pirate your login from? HBO Fess Max. Up, no, actually, I think it was Maloney. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. You got now. the login from Maloney. Paul, don't worry there about we it go. right now. That's it what takes I it takes somebody who is crunk to actually no. have the IT knowledge right. to actually bring it up on your television. Actually, I'll be honest with you. Considering you, what was the wolf count from last night's episode? 15 different appearances and or voice tracks I, from I Ron Wolfley no last night. You know, They should be giving about, you a complimentary Paul. subscription at this point. My Stop. goodness, you and Pash are like narrating the whole dang thing. They're going to be off next week because of the bye. There's no hard knocks, but based on last night, uh, there were a ton of different takeaways. I know you enjoyed hearing DeAndre Hopkins, and among other things, maybe we can hear what D Hop had to say just about the state of the Cardinals right now at four and eight. We won four games right now, so the sense of urgency for everybody is through the roof. The one thing I can say about this team that we haven't panicked. You see JJ, you see Isaiah, you know Rundell Moore, uh, Hollywood Brown. A lot of those people I just named went through a lot of injuries, but still they. 
they trying to come out, no matter what our record say, they trying to come out and beat the man across from them. We haven't had all of our our core offensive players on the field at one time together. But Kyler coming back, you know, that that, that does a lot for this team because, you know, he's, he's one of our leaders. And, and we go as he go. The things that he can do, man, special. You can question a lot of things, but one thing that I do know, this team is a hungry team, and this team got a lot of fighters on it, and that's what I love. True or false? Do you believe that? Is that media speak? What do you think? No, I do. I believe DeAndre Hopkins. I have to tell you right now, I, this guy, I don't know, Polly, if I ever played with a guy like D-Hop. Uh, I, How so? I really enjoy, because I think DeAndre Hopkins is a true leader. I, I think he is a leader. You know me, Paul, all the time. How It's not the rah-rah. It's not what you say. Are you willing to walk up to a teammate and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're killing us. You know what? You've got to have a lot of field cred to do that, Paul. <laughs> you've got to have a lot of field cred to walk up on somebody, and you, you've got to be willing to receive it as well, well as from an somebody example, else. The first episode, he walked up on Isaiah Simmons. Paul, now, yes. those two guys are close. They're yes. tight. They're Clemson guys. They, you know, From day one, Diop has been there for Isaiah Simmons. I, I get it, but... It's but, even I mean, harder to do it for, sometimes because of yeah, that. Paul. You're on the other side of the ball. I mean, you play for the offense, and you're walking up on a defender? Yes. And holding him accountable? So you're right. That is the sort of guy D-Hop is. He just marches to his own drum. And I love that. I believe when D-Hop says something, I believe he thinks whatever it was that he said is totally 100% legit. And I I respect that. I don't think he's a guy that is going to throw a bunch of fluff around a room. I don't believe it. That's not who he is. But let's be honest. Let's boil that comment down to one phrase. We go as he goes. He's talking about Kyler Murray. Yep. That is the truth, Paulie. And right now you got five games left, right? We've already talked about it. And Kyler Murray is not playing at the Pro Bowl level that you have seen the last couple of years. Nope. The deep ball, obviously, has oh, fallen off ball is dramatically. Dramatically right there. That so, is that maybe the most disturbing thing that I've seen thus far from Kyla Murray is just the lack of that deep ball down the field. Now, I realize the defense has got an awful lot to do with that, yet at the same time, when he did get the opportunity to throw the ball down the field, and I'll look at the last game against the Chargers to Hollywood Brown. Nine routes, fades, whatever you want to call them, down the field where he threw the ball out of bounds twice. And that just isn't Kyler. And even the fourth and one that was picked off by Derwin James. Yeah, it was schematically bleeped. But if he puts a little (laughs) more air under that ball and he gets it out, Diop did have a step. On Derwin James. Yeah. And, and the uh, contested catch is something that Diop usually wins, but when it's underthrown like that, yeah. and Derwin James at six foot three is able to get his body between Diop and the ball, then forget about it. Game over for an all pro safety like Derwin James. So that's something that has nothing to do with any sort of adjustments the defense has made or anyone, you know, is somehow uh, knowing the scheme at this point. And that has nothing to do with anything yeah. except. Kyler Murray. Now, whether that's mechanics, whether that's confidence in throwing the deep ball, because it does seem like either they've been awry, they've been off target, or most times they've just been short. So is he trying to feather it in there and he ends up pulling the string? I don't know. 
But you heard D Hop, and if there's one thing I think this is one, maybe the one thing we agree on all week is you've got five games to go and five games you to get your quarterback games. back to that Pro Bowl caliber player. Paulie, honestly, right now everything else pales in comparison to that. Uh, I, I I know people are freaking out when you hear me say that. I don't think nine wins will get you into the postseason. I I don't think nine will do it. I think we ain't ten. talking about the playoffs till the Cardinals win two in a row. Okay, Paulie. Uh, once again, though, I wasn't I wasn't speaking about the Arizona Cardinals. I was speaking about the number that I think will get you into the postseason and the number. That will get you into the postseason, I believe, is 10. That's where you got to start. Even with seven teams getting in, it's going to be 10. That's what I believe. The Arizona Cardinals right now can't get to 10, Pauly, even if they won five games in a row. So what is it? What is the most important thing that is left for this team over the last five weeks of the season? The last five games of the season, they got to get one. Right. We go as he goes, says D-Hop. Antonio Hamilton had something to say, basically, to everyone on the team, whether it was to his head coach on the practice field, whether it was in his position room about the tackle that wasn't on George Kittle, Mexico City, Monday night. In fact, here we go. Here's Antonio Hamilton, episode four of Hard Knocks last night. I can't do this. Point blank. That's him. Like I said, you cut the tape on, you can't. They don't know what happened. It just can't happen. So for me, the accountability aspect is on me too. I can't do that no matter what the situation was, no matter how I saw it or how it happened. It don't matter. I can't do that. I can't let y'all down. I can't assume somebody else is gonna make the play. I gotta make it straight like that. And so that on me, and I take full responsibility of that. And been eating me up. Whoever uh, was tasked with putting all the bleeps in there, you can take yeah. the rest of the day off. <laughs> now, now, Wolf, um, that led into a moment with Marcus Robertson talking about what your film says about you as a player. Just love it, Paul. And why did that stand out to you? Because I've heard you say it no, in a different way many times. Yeah, Paulie, can we actually hear the cut from Marcus Robertson? Can we set that up, Paulie? We look at that tape. Every snap you get, it is your reputation on the line. It's just that simple. Only thing we care about is what this tape say. Every single place should speak so loud that I don't even have to know who you are. But when you walk in the room, I know exactly who the you are. That's how we need to play these last six games. There it is right there, Paulie. Honestly, just to listen to him, your reputation is on the line. Yes, it is. Every time you've heard me say this over the years, of course, my brother's right, but it's so true. It is so true. If you watch a player from snap to whistle on every play in one game, just one game, snap to whistle, every play, just don't watch the ball, don't follow the play, watch the player. You'll be able to make conclusions and draw conclusions about that player as a person who he is as a person. It's the great thing about the game of football. It reveals that. It shows it on the field in between the white lines. That's exactly what he's talking about. Marcus Robertson right there. I do know who you are. I don't even have to know you, but I know who you are the moment you walk into this room based on what I see on tape. (laughs) Man... 
That is magic right there. And my other conclusion from Hard Knocks Episode 4, and we've gone through a bunch, uh, I've yet to mention that uh, based on what we see on tape, on film, on the show, Colt McCoy is going to make a heck of a football coach. In fact, ASU might have wanted to offer him to be their next <laughs> head coach. Colt McCoy can no, he coach can't go anywhere, Paul. He can't go anywhere right now. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Listen, Colt McCoy, he's only 36. Tom Brady is how old, Paul? I mean, think about 45. It. So uh, how about 40, Colt? Can we get you to actually be the backup quarterback here for the Arizona Cardinals until you're 40? Can we get that kind of commitment out of you? And then when you do retire as the backup quarterback at 40, then we'll just go ahead and roll you over into the quarterback coach. Is that okay? I'll tell you what. I'll up the ante if he's driving a hard deal. Wolf, quarterback coach, and assistant offensive coordinator, Colt McCoy. There you go, Paul. Will that get the deal done, Colt? I think it will. Okay. Coming up next, we'll take you through the top stories of the day. Wolfing down your lunch. Calvisi in for Luke. Wolf and Luke, Arizona sports. The local sports leader.